almost live from a library near you, this is Hellions Talks, starring the masked library, Kevin Hellion. He is the lauder of the long box, the hero of the hall, and he's on a mission to bag and board them all. Now the Retro Network proudly presents a talk show of comic proportions. Hello everyone, Kevin here. Welcome to another episode of the Hellions Talks Podcast. Yay! Big yay for the last episode. That was actually, uh, it's looking like the most downloaded episode I had. I don't know if it was uh, tagging the Thor Love and Thunder in it that that brought up searches, or if it was just all of you really wanting to hear my voice once again. Who knows? Um, Really wanted to get an episode done last week, so... It's all connected here, um, but let, let's uh, let you know what's going on. Uh, it's one of the things we'll be talking about this week. So uh, last weekend, I had family up visiting that I had not seen for four years. Uh, so I took my son up and uh, visited and like um, went swimming and you know hung out with people and got caught up and like just all sorts of fun things. And then found out that uh, there's possible COVID exposure. Um, I ended up working Monday, uh, thinking everything was going to be all right. And uh, I had worked very early Monday, and the work I was doing uh, did not involve a whole lot of interaction with people. Um, So I was like, oh, okay, I can get this done and see how I feel, and barely ran into anyone all day anyways. Um, so then Tuesday I had a scratchy throat and I was like, well, let me just be careful. Is this like the first symptom? And, uh, so Tuesday I had a scratchy throat, tested negative. I still called in work and like, let me just take today. I'm negative right now. I just got scratchy throat. Could be anything. Yesterday it was raining, you know, like maybe I, I got a little touch of something there, but let me just be careful. And then Wednesday I took a test first thing morning and it was positive and I shouldn't known from how I was feeling and then just rest of the week. Uh, wonderful COVID week. So um, I ended up just being absolutely exhausted. thought I cannot do much. Uh, I would get a little bit of energy together and that would be all the energy I could have to like get up and shower. <laughs> You know, simple things like that. Uh, I got through a lot of shows. Kept falling asleep, though. Kept falling asleep a lot. Like, unplanned fall, falling asleep. Um, I, I'm i trying to get away from using the word passing out, because passing out implies that, like, you know, you, you drank or, or did something else and passed out. Um, or implies uh, sicker than I am. I mean, I'm sick, but passing out sick, like, you know, just drop it all, that's a whole other thing. So, uh, unplanned sleeps, I guess I'll call it. But, feeling not great still, uh, it also doesn't help that it was super hot where I live. Humidity was crazy, and, uh, with the fever, so I just had, like, ACs running all day, constantly. Uh, a bunch of fans just trying to get as much cool air in whatever room of the house I was in at the time. Um, and right now, uh, I am still showing symptoms. Uh, I've been, I've been just inside my house since, well, Tuesday, actually, uh, and positive since Wednesday, but I, I'm not clear enough yet to go back. Um, I still, I sound great and I thank you all for listening and putting up with it. Um, I'm stuffed up, and that's getting worse as I, the more I talk, actually. Uh, the fever went down, and then it was back up, so that was interesting. I wasn't expecting that. Um, but, uh, the cough, which I'm, I'm stuffing right now, and, uh, I got a giant glass of tea next to me to try to keep the cough at bay. But it's the exhaustion. If you haven't gone through it, it's absolutely the exhaustion that is starting to be the worst of it. Like, fever's fever, it sucks. You know, I sweated through clothes. Um, the cough hurts, and it, it was pretty much like, 
going from one position to another. I was laying down and then I would sit up and get standing and then I would cough up everything. You know, like that was the bulk of the coughing. But it's this exhaustion. It's, you know, just trying to like make something to eat. And I, so it got to a point where I was just trying to make toast. Like I, I'm, I'm not eating, you know, like great elaborate meals during this, but like, I know my body needs something in it. So I was just trying to make toast gluten free, of course. Um, and I knew if I went and sat down in the four or five minutes it took to toast, I would have trouble getting up. So I just stayed standing in the kitchen, kind of like leaning on stuff and just like getting other things ready. Um, just so I wouldn't have to sit down again. Like it was that, it, it was to that point where I'm like, if I sit down, I'm not getting back up. It'll take a while. So there's part of me that I'm like, okay, I can sit here and record this right now and I can talk. Um, and I, I also probably take a bit out of me, uh, to go ahead and just throw the music up and write a little thing and, and upload it. That's probably going to be it for me for the day which is absurd, but that's just how this is feeling in me right now. Um, but I, there's no way, because there is, half of my work day is physical. Half is just, like, computer stuff, but the other half is physical, and it's, it's pretty physical for how long that it goes on. It's here's two, three things that need to be done, you know, they need to be done before we leave for the day. Um, so you just go until it's done and it'll take, you know, all, all told, it'll take a few hours to get it all done. Um, there's not a chance in hell I could do that right now. Not a chance. I was already thinking about it cause I really wanted to go back today cause I just, now, now I have a guilt that I'm not there at work and I was just like, there's not a chance I could do that. Uh, there's someone else at work that's out right now. I'm not naming names or anything, of course. But someone else at work is out right now uh, and was out before I was. A couple uh, Tested positive a couple days before I did. Now, don't know if got it from that person. Could, could have, but it's not likely. It's more likely I got it from family members. Um, but that person uh, tested positive three days before I did and it's still out and still feeling the exhaustion. Uh, it's actually just messaging earlier today. So that makes me feel like I might not be going back this week, and I gotta try for next Monday, I guess. Now it's all within, you know, um, thankfully I'll get paid for it. It's all within, like, COVID sick time rules thing, you know, this whole new world of it. So I'll get paid. That's, like, honestly, that was my big concern. If I wasn't paid for being home for this time, like, I'd be wrecked. I would be done. I don't know what I would do. Probably be starting, like, a GoFundMe or something. Um, but thankfully, I'll be paid. I'll be okay. Uh, I was thinking how much I've saved on gas right now. With that, uh, My drive to work is about, let's say, 25 minutes is the average. You know, depends on how fast I go or traffic or whatever. So, I'll say, like, 25 minute one way. Um, so about 50 round trip at some days, it can be an hour for the round trip for it. So that's five days a week. Gas has lowered. Yes, but it's still not like it's, you know, dirt cheap or anything. Um, but I'm, I got a guess for being sick for this. I'll probably save uh, at least a hundred. Um, if not 150, if not two, depending on how long I'm out for. So that's kind of nice. But I've been catching up on things. Uh, I'd actually checked out a bunch of stuff from a uh, library, a bunch of comic stuff. And once I finally felt oh, felt better, I sat down and read some. And it's also like I can just set it down. You know, if, I, if one of these unplanned sleeps comes over me, I can just set it down. Uh, I also got through... A ton of shows that I've been meaning to, and I'm still continuing with that. Watched a ton of wrestling too, and then a ton of stuff happened this week. So, all right, we'll we'll move on to the shows here, and then some news. 
uh, and get off of this COVID stuff. But that is the overall point here. I do have COVID. I do not feel good overall. Um, I'm going to have to probably like do a, a door pickup, whatever it's called thing for some medicine. Um, I might have to figure out food tonight too. Like I wasn't planning on being home this long, so I wasn't planning on not getting, you know, groceries and things. And plus with, uh, what I believe was a, a gluten issue, um, I can't just like do drive through for most things. Um, one, it's horribly unhealthy for most drive through stuff, but two, most drive through stuff is gluten heavy and the last thing I need in all this is to start throwing up as well, which shockingly I have not had nausea or diarrhea for this, so that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, it's not. <coughs> sorry, it's not worth getting uh, more sick for all of this stuff. Fun fact, though, if you look on uh, like the McDonald's website, uh, the Burger King one or the Wendy's one, and you ask for gluten-free options, they say all of our sandwiches are gluten-free if you remove the bun. Thanks. Now, I will say, um, I have gone and gotten the, uh, I call it a beast style, and I know that's not right, but I'll just get fries, I'll get whatever burger is, I'll take it home, I'll dump all the fries into a dish bowl, whatever, I'll dump the burger on top of it, throw out the bun, and just do it that way, and that's not bad. But that I'll do that in a pinch, or like when I have my kid, that's the other thing, uh, my, we've been keeping my kid away from me. Um, he's been with his mom for all this, and it sucks because I freaking miss him so bad to just hang out and be silly and all. And I need to just get better because his birthday will be coming up soon, and I don't want to relapse and be sick then. Um, and I got birthday ideas too. I might need help uh, from someone, but I'll probably post that on my social media soon. I got an idea for a gift. Okay, so let's go into, here's what we're going to do for the rest of today. I'm going to tell you what I watched and finally caught up on and finally did. And then we're going to talk about Vince McMahon again and stuff that happened up to and including today, Monday. And then we're going to get into the Marvel movie stuff and I have some ideas. Okay. All right, so while being home... I went ahead and I finally finished Moon Knight. I'd watched episodes one and two and I liked it, but I wasn't loving it. So I kind of stepped back. Uh, finish Moon Knight. I mean, I liked it. Very cool visuals. Liked the ending. Um, didn't expect... Uh, I'll be spoiler free for people who haven't seen it. Didn't expect someone that I've seen all along to be able to do a little bit more. Yeah, that's the way to word it. Um, but I liked it. thought that was very cool. Uh, the ending, the, the, the post-credit thing, the little, the little add-on, whatever you want to call it there, um, I had actually had that spoiled to me, so I picked up on clues for it. And there were some clues in the episodes. Um, I did not expect the... I did not expect it to be dealing with trauma in such a way, which it, which deep down it is. Um, it's about abuse and trauma and and how we deal with that. And I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, and about a cycle of abuse and about um, not not realizing when you're trying to not be something, how it can make you be something be the thing that you're trying to avoid by avoiding it. Uh, so it's, it's definitely a rough show, and overall I'm also like, okay, so where is this falling in, especially with the Marvel news lately? I'm like, I, I don't know where this is happening or what's going on here, and I'm very confused. I have ideas, we all got ideas, and we'll get some of those ideas later. But it was very, very interesting, and I'm curious, and it's also a chapter it's a chapter in a longer story, and I need to know how to 
I need to remember to do that with Marvel stuff. Um, there are so many of these things that exist as part of a longer story, and until we have the longer story, we don't know. If you took a 300, 400-page novel somewhere next to you and rip out one chapter in the middle and only read that, nothing's going to make sense. It's only as part of the whole. And Moon Knight is not making sense, but I feel it will. And much like after finishing Ms. Marvel, I wanted to go back and watch some Captain Marvel stuff. After finishing Hawkeye, because of Yelena, I wanted to go back and rewatch Black Widow. So I think something will come that I'll want to rewatch Moon Knight. And I'll enjoy it better knowing where it fits. Uh, probably, I have a theory that the um, Disney Plus Marvel Halloween special that they're doing is going to have something to tie into Moon Knight there, because I really think it's going to be Werewolf by Night. Or, we still don't know everything coming from Marvel, and I have ideas, and I kind of think one of those ideas is going to uh, tie into Moon Knight as well. One of the things we don't know yet. So, I'm hoping. We'll see. Alright, next up. Okay. So further on, <coughs> Sorry. Next time, uh, we went... We Jeez, it's just me. Um, next, I watched Kenobi. Had not watched any of it. Um, big Star Wars fan, grown up. Uh, but just for, like, the movies, really. Um, and now the Disney Plus TV shows. But, you know, I was the type that would watch 4, 5, and 6 um, when they came on TV. Uh, you know, like, I think WPIX maybe twice a year would play the movies or have a Star Wars weekend or something. I always had to watch those. You know, when there was finally a good set on, on VHS, I got those. I mailed away for the making of Star Wars VHS from some serial. Um, saw 1, 2, and 3 and didn't love them. Um, which I've rewatched one with my kid and that put it in a new, uh, I have a new attitude for it now, seeing it through a child's eyes. Um, seven, eight, nine, I have huge issues with. I can, I can headcanon and, you know, yeah, but if you do this, if you do that, and like, I can try to explain stuff away, but I honestly, if they did their job, I shouldn't have to do that work for it. Um, and then I bought, I've bought tons of the comics over the years. I used to get the Dark Horse Tales of the Jedi and stuff. But I didn't know the stories, and I own a bunch of the books, but I've never read one. You know, so I'm pretty much just the movies and the and now the TV shows for it. Um, and Kenobi came along, and I knew I wanted to see it, but maybe because of, you know, it already leaked that Hayden Christensen was doing stuff, and we got, you know, Vader and all. So maybe that's why I wasn't really too excited for it. But the story for what it was because I, I had no idea what the story was going to be and, and how much was not going to be on Tatooine really um, I and I really enjoyed it I absolutely enjoyed it um, I felt like I burned through it really quick too um, enjoyed the hell out of it though but there's not really a sense of danger to it either like your, your group of main characters we know doesn't die or nothing really happens to, you know, they don't get lost, uh, they're not going to lose limbs. Like, we knew we knew pretty much our, our main group was safe. Um, so that takes a bit out of it. However, the character they're introduced, their uh, third sister, really powerful character, very interesting uh, fits right in between the story that we already know very easily. Doesn't doesn't change anything. Doesn't ruin anything that already existed by adding this character in. I was very fascinated by her. Um, great character arc for it too. Uh, but ultimately, it was just kind of uh, maybe because I binged it so fast, you know, all in a day while not feeling great. Um, but in the end, I was just like, okay, watch it. It was a lot of fun. It was good, but... Uh, nothing got me going, really. You know, there were... Uh, I didn't have moments. 
Um, and I think that, like, uh, at moments while watching Mandalorian, you know, oh, cool, oh, what a great angle, what a thing here. And because Mando is, you know, he, he interacts with people, but overall, you can do anything you want there. Like, people can die, people, you know, a lot of stuff can happen there. That's new territory. Um, even Boba Fett, you know, there were things like that. But, I don't know, it... You had this depressed, miserable Obi-Wan, which I get. But then it was also very much a kid's show in a way, too. And, I mean, Star Wars is, Star Wars Deep Down should always be for kids. Um, so it was a very interesting dynamic between these two things of miserable, depressed, fallen, broken Obi-Wan getting his groove back. And plus, it's a kid's show, too. And it was also, you know, I, I didn't realize the the themes of it, really. But here I had uh, abused and broken Moon Knight and a broken, defeated Obi-Wan. And then the next one's ugh, rough. Next thing I watched. Um, but ultimately, like, I, I liked Kenobi. And I'm glad I watched it and whatever they do more for Star Wars, I will watch. But, you know, uh, there's a difference between McDonald's and uh, steak dinner, you know? There's a difference between, um, you know, uh, having something to just, you know, having a quick meal. I don't know, you, you get the point. But it, w it was bubblegum. It was candy. It was just like, this is fun, but in the end, uh, nothing resonated. Nothing stayed with me. And it doesn't have to. I, I enjoyed it for when I watched it. There's nothing wrong with just, you know, watching a movie for two hours, watching a show like this for six, enjoying it and moving on. You know, but there's nothing that stayed with me. Uh, so then the next day, I finally finished Squid Game. Now, I watched episode one and two... Um, about a year ago, just shy, and it wrecked me. That episode two is one of the roughest things I've ever watched in my life. It was just so depressing and dark and miserable and upsetting, and I was like, I can't do more. Like, I was just, I, I was wrecked by that episode, because it just felt like I'm watching TV to escape right now, and I'm miserable and depressed at the time I'm watching it, and this is not helping me at all. So I stepped away from it, and everyone's saying, if you can get past that second episode, more stuff starts happening on the show, and it's not that depressing again. And that's true, now that I finish it. That is true. That second one is, like, mentally roughest episode by far. Episode six is pretty rough, though. In a different way. When you realize the twist of the game for episode 6, I was done. I was just like, oh my god. What they're going to have to do right now, what they need to accept is about to happen, is horrible. This is just so awful. Um, it's... So, Squid Game, unlike Obi-Wan there... I was thinking about it for days after. Like, I would have dreams about it. I would be wandering while, you know, while drifting off to sleep. I would wake up thinking about it. And I don't want to do spoilers in here, but I have many thoughts. Um, but it is so rough. And in a lot of stuff going on in the world, it just feels like... I mean, clearly, the whole series is a metaphor, of course. But... I'm curious, as we know that there will be Squid Game sequels. There's gonna be there's a season two already announced. Um, I'm willing to bet Squid Game is more than just in Korea. I'm willing to bet as the show goes, we're gonna find that there's people setting up these things in every, uh, we'll say first world, industrialized country that there are people setting this up all over the world and these islands and encampments and whatever else you want to call it all over the place um the 
desire to survive no matter what the things that people go through this like how do you keep your humanity in all this you know does anyone come out unscathed really like now we got theories about the people um that work there i mean i didn't see any of them get paid but we'll say that the work there um how this whole thing is set up um how long it's been going on like there's a whole mythos that there's teases of throughout uh especially in the later part of the season um but it was also just like well i was in a much worse spot a year ago when i watched that episode two and could not i could not be bringing my entertainment in to be just as miserable and depressing um there is this story of you're just trying to get by and no matter how hard you try you seem to get further behind and if someone came with this uh offer of oh no no you just gotta do simple things and you can have all of this go away and be better it's tempting and then you're in it and it's too late um, but you can see how people got to certain points and got so desperate. And I don't think it's that crazy to think about at all. Uh, and in some ways I think it's where we're going for some things too. Like how, you know, how far, how much, how whatever are you willing to do to try to make things better in your own life? Um, and I'm, I'm certainly not willing to kill anyone or anything like that, but it's just, it's so spooky for how stuff is going in our, our society, and it was just, like, resonating and echoing with me way too much. Um, when I got issues with characters' decisions, and I think it's would you call it sci-fi? There's nothing sci-fi necessarily. Like, there's nothing extraordinary about anything that they do in there. Um, but, like, it's not fantasy. It's not apocalyptic. You know, um, mo you know, like, a lot of good entertainment like this that shines a mirror on ourselves that we're not aware of yet you know you look at things in Twilight Zone Star Trek you know uh, now classics that we look back and can see oh they were making a point about this Squid Game's clearly allegory metaphor making a point about certain things in society I'm sure there's a lot of stuff in if, I, if you lived in South Korea that hit a little harder but I think there's stuff that hits nationwide. Maybe that's why it was Netflix's biggest hit around the world, too, is that there's something universal about all this, too, for just feeling like we don't matter to elites who are throwing this money around recklessly and casually because they have so much while the rest of us struggle. And not regarded as humans, but regarded as, um, cattle, I, you know, working cattle, um, but it, it messed me up in a good way, made me think a lot about it, makes me want to be more creative myself, you know, you read about the guy that created it, and how long he took to make the show, and different ideas he had, and where he's going next and all, um, but just, this is one person's vision and it's going to resonate with the world and that's pretty powerful and I think in a way we don't want the squid game of having to see other people die so we can win but I think we want the squid game of out of many regular people maybe I can be the one that works the game and rises up and could be successful.
um, there's all sorts of, you know, many musicians have stories of being down to their last dollar, being broke, and then finally turning it around. Uh, I think Robert Kirkman's a great one, who most people know for Walking Dead, but, I mean, he was down to nothing, and pitched this zombie comic, and crossed his fingers, and it blew up. You know? Um, there's... There, there's plenty of people that are that that one that survived you know a lot of other people that are in a similar spot but for some reason they're the one that pushed harder got ahead bit of luck bit of strategy bit of whatever and got to the end so I think squid Fo squid game squid force jeez squid game can become a drive instead of a depression and outside of all the horrible grisly deaths, of course. But if you can be the one to keep going along as other people give up on their dreams or fall aside, maybe you can be the one that gets to be somewhere better. You know? Um, I have issues with ending... Um, but that's me as a dad. Um, I, as, I don't want to spoil it. Uh, as much as I can be upset over things in life, there's nothing that would make me ditch my kid. Uh, I'll word it that way. Um, and speaking of my kid, we are planned whenever I am COVID free here and uh, he comes over again, we will finally watch the Mr. Beast uh, YouTube video where he makes the squid game in real life. Now, the people don't die. I'm guessing it's like paintballs or something like that. I don't know. But uh, he picks 456 random uh, viewers. He invites them all in, and every time someone's eliminated from the game, $1,000 goes into the pot. So I am super curious to finally watch that. It's got something crazy like 250 million views on YouTube or whatever. Something nuts. Uh, honestly, Mr. Beast, another one. Like, kid making videos, and he got one good video that went viral, and he kept pushing and kept going ahead, and freaking multi-millionaire now. And, you know, I'm trying for my own ideas and creations, and honestly, that's part of doing the show, too, is like... I didn't want to sit down and write. I didn't want to sit down and do anything. Honestly, I just want to sit down on the couch again while I'm not feeling good. But I'm trying to press forward with this stuff. Okay. Last thing I consumed recently and the stuff I'm going to keep... Go other than wrestling, of course. A ton of wrestling. But um, I finally started Squid Game. Or, sorry. Jeez. I finally started Stranger Things. And by that, I don't mean the most recent season. I mean Episode 1, Season 1. I know every single person is like Stranger Things is what I imagine your mind to be. Stranger Things is all you. It's just this love letter to 80s pop culture. How have you not watched it? And I don't know. Like, maybe maybe I was working, um you know, maybe stuff with my kid, um, my, I mean my ex watched it um, but our schedules for a while were very different too. So like she would be at home while I'm at work, and then she'd be at work while I was at home, and so she went, she burned through a ton of shows. Um, and then I think it was like, alright, by the time I'm home at night too, and kids in bed, it's usually like, that might be when I would watch wrestling, or you know, um, a Marvel show, you know, or whatever it might, uh, Boba Fett, so, you know, like, I might get an episode or two in of something, and Stranger Things just never came up. And then, honestly, I think it was, like, how obsessed other people were, too. There's a certain, uh... Not... I'm not a gatekeeper... at all. But what I am is... a jaded... uh... geek of the 80s... that got bullied a lot. And so, to see people sometimes with, you know, like, I, I have, I, I have, uh, someone on my Facebook, worded that way, because I don't know for sure who listens. 
someone on my Facebook who I have never talked comics, movies, any of that stuff in my life. I, You know, to be honest, I don't know that I've ever had a long, serious conversation with this person in my life. It's family member. Um, so it's family, you know, I care. But I don't know that we've had, like, a discussion, really. And I see tons of posts about everything Marvel and TV shows now. I'm like, you do realize that's my whole life. Like, we could have been having these conversations. If you had a question, you could have asked. If you just wanted to be excited, like, did you see this? You could have, met, like, just n has never, ever come up. I'm like, that's very odd, but whatever. You know, people that were bullies in school, and they're posting about, you know, oh, this cool thing from Marvel, this cool thing from whatever. I'm like, you were the same ones mocking me for reading a comic. So then I felt the straight the same thing with Stranger Things. Oh, the show is so amazing, and there's all this eighty stuff, and I'm like, okay, but when I was the one mentioning all this, it was dumb and dorky and everything. But now you're on this bandwagon because it's Netflix. And I, if people come to me asking about comics, asking about eighty stuff, asking about pop culture, I am an open book. I'm willing to help. I've actually sat and thought about it too when. You, you see articles a couple times a year and all. Oh, how to get someone into comics. And that's almost always wrong. Give them Watchmen. No. No. For a hundred reasons, that's the wrong place to start. So I actually have thoughts. I'm like, here's where we could start with a comic. Here's where we could start. I, I have answers ready to go. You know, well, do I need to read a thousand issues of Batman? No, you don't. You know, like, I, I have my answers. I know my stuff here. And to have everyone all of a sudden, you know, in this 80s world that shunned me for being in it, I was like, do I want to watch this? And honestly, in a way, um, because of certain people into it, I think deep down I was worried, like, is it mocking the culture that I love too? Yes, I watched every episode, but I had to push through it. Um, not Stranger Things, I'm doing a tangent here. Uh, Kevin Smith's comic book men is one of the worst things for comic book fandom. It mocks the world of comics while draining from it as well. Your comics are paying for all of you. It's paying for the show, it's paying for the story you work at. These people are paying your salary, they're paying for you to have this lifestyle, and yet you are mocking this culture that you were a part of um and it really pissed me off and I, it'd be a cool thing or something interesting each episode or i kept hoping it would get better so in a way i was like a stranger things actually mocking this is it can be like okay so what we really need to do is all of you need to put your toys away and be serious so but I, so many people though kevin you gotta watch the show so i started it um i'm only one episode in i could try to get through more and honestly, the way stuff's looking right now, I kind of think I'm out of work for all of this week, too. Um, but for the first episode, after marathoning Moon Knight, uh, Squid Game, and Obi-Wan, I watched that first episode, and I thought, I want to enjoy this. I want to savor this. I want to do one episode at a time and have that episode sit with me and resonate and have time for it to live in my head and wonder about things and then go on to the next one. Binge culture makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways. But one of the things that I think we all notice with Disney instead of the Netflix model is people are watching an episode of one of the Disney shows or one of the Star Wars shows and then they go into work or they go to their friends or they go to whoever and say, hey, did you watch this? Where do you think the stories go next? How about this moment? And we're talking about things in an hour-long chunk, as opposed to all of it drops the same day, and we're talking about the whole series, and not individual moments that really mattered and really hit harder. Um, it was kind of like the rant for Thor previously, that two hours was too packed of a movie, but if that movie could have been split and we could have had more emotion for Jane and emotion for Gore, stuff could have landed better. 
So, yeah, I could do all the Stranger Things in a couple days, probably, but I really want to make it matter. Now, that said, I did get to watch one yesterday um, because of these unplanned sleeps, so I might do two today, but I really just want to enjoy the heck out of it. I, I kind of feel like I can't believe it took me so long. But now it's a thing whenever I'm back to work, too, because it'll take, uh, it'll take about a month to get through all these if I do one at a time. Um, I'm kind of thinking, like, I could work, I could come home, and I could have that new episode to look forward to. What's going to happen next year? What's going on? And really be, like, in my head for the day and wondering what's going to go on and, and how I'll change things. But from this first episode, these kids are amazing. They pick some great actors. They, the 80s sets, designs, you know, so much stuff, clothing, attitudes, there was so much in this already that just feels like me sitting at home watching Goonies, watching Monster Squad, watching, you know, whatever it is, which I know is the whole point of it, but I was already feeling, like, really good about it, and very curious where it goes, um... I am wondering, there's part of me wondering if this is going to end up feeling like a nostalgia blanket. Like, can I throw this on and just feel like I'm in the 80s again and I'm a kid again and my problems go away and I can just watch this and, and feel that comfort again? Um, and then part of me I'm already wondering is can I watch it with my kid like just as a safe scary show you know which we had a lot of safe scary stuff when we were kids you know it's on HBO and it's not really frightening but it's frightening enough for 8, 9, 10 years old whatever as kids of the 80s and I kind of wondering if Stranger Things is going to be that level too and as I watch more and go along I'll know whether it is or isn't and if I want to try to get them into it but geez, I've tried Star Wars with him for years, too. Okay, so that's where I've been. <laughs> Let's get into the stuff going on right now. Okay. So, Vince McMahon's done. They make the announcement Friday. <coughs> <coughs> so sorry. They make the announcement Friday. Um, past 4 o'clock, so stocks are closed. But before SmackDown that Vince is going to retire. It's all, oh, thank you, Vince, and all this cute little stuff and all. And all of us Jaden fans are like, okay, now he's retiring. Which means there's probably more coming out about him. It's just not out yet. And the stuff's been bad so far. I went over it already. Like, it's already bad. But most of these places, Wall Street Journal, uh, HBO Real Sports, whoever's working on the next piece here, will usually contact WWE and say, here's our story, here's what we have, here's where it's going, do you have a comment? And they'll probably say, no, no comment. But that also means, shit, they know this. They know this much about us. So I'm guessing Vince already got that call, and he's like, there's no way I'm surviving the board, the by public opinion, the whatever... Once this part of the story's out, I may as well leave now. And while I can appreciate that Vince McMahon is the person that made WWE national and I got to watch so much wrestling and most of my friendships, honestly, as an adult, uh, can be tied to enjoying wrestling together. Um, and I don't think that happens without WWE being what it is. And I can appreciate, you know, certain things. I can also understand that he's not a good person. Um, because of Einstein, we have nuclear energy and we have the nuclear bomb. You know, uh, because of Vince, we do have wrestling. And we do have it in a honestly overall more respectful place and a billion dollar industry 
but we also have he's a terrible person. So then, you know, other chips are falling. Triple H is in charge of talent relations. Okay, great. He did a great job for NXT. Uh, signed a lot of indie talent. There's tons of people that you see on main roster today or they've left for other companies that have respect for him for, for giving them a chance for pushing them harder. Uh, Stephanie and Nick Khan are co-CEOs. All right, cool. And then we start trying to figure out what's going on with Bruce Pritchard and Kevin Dunn, WWE creative and, and talent people and all. Um, so everyone is suspecting that Kevin Dunn will be leaving shortly, currently as I'm recording this. And also it came out today that effective immediately, Triple H is in charge of creative. And I think that's the one that we are all very excited for. Because honestly, I think at a certain time there that NXT was the best wrestling show in the world, the country. But absolutely the best wrestling show that was on. There was just so much awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, Cherry picking indie talent, having great storylines going on. There's just so much amazing stuff when he was in charge. And then we had that 2.0 crap, which I have a lot of issues with. I can understand we need to refresh stuff, but, you know, there's a reason why uh, a lot of people were goofing around calling it 2.glow. And I am hopeful. I mean, it's a lot of work. He's in charge of talent and now creative. That's a ton of work. But it, he also seems to have a good uh, record of surrounding himself with people that he can trust, too. Or a lot of them, like his friends and former wrestlers and stuff like that. And all. Yeah, of course. But it's a lot of people with the same vision, and I think we at least need that new vision. Um, one of... One of the things that I enjoy finding out about um, in, in learning more about wrestling is like when Memphis would have two bookers that would each book half the year. Six months, take a break, someone else comes in six months. So they refresh each other. But like, I mean, Bruce Pritchard's been there forever. You know, certain other people have just been there forever and it's all been Vince McMahon's vision, which yeah, he has some hits, but you also look at a lot of things that fell into his lap that they weren't planning on. And in the last couple years, Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston, Becky Lynch, amazing stories that were not the stories that they were going for. That they stumbled into, that they got kind of, their hands were forced by the fans saying, no, that we're calling the shots now. You're pushing this person. We're not giving up on this person. They relented. Um, and then, like, yes, Becky Lynch is my favorite. It's known. But, like, then the story comes out that Kevin Dunn didn't want to push Becky Lynch because he didn't think she was attractive. And, one, uh, kind of shouldn't matter. Um, but plenty of guys have been pushed that you won't say were attractive. But also, you're completely wrong, too. Um, it's just... It, it, it seems like it was a very toxic culture there, and I'm curious how much better it's going to be now. And I'm hoping. Uh, tonight is from Raw from Madison Square Garden. It's not going to change tonight. Uh, there's a big pay-per-view SummerSlam on Saturday. My guess is the SummerSlam plans will stay the same because it's too short to change them. But we'll see maybe a couple things today for people who aren't involved in SummerSlam. We might see a couple changes happening. Um, but I think by next week is when we're going to start to see, you know, uh, title changes, uh, attitude changes, uh, looks, gear, whatever it might be. Like, I think all that starts changing e even next week. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping that... WWE can just get better. Um, I found myself over the last year just enjoying AEW shows much, much more. 
if I miss an AEW show live, I will go back and watch the whole show. If I miss a WWE show live, I'll just go on YouTube and find the top 10 clip. That's a big difference. Alright, last thing. Speaking of big differences, and I have this ready because my son and I have already talked twice about it. Marvel at San Diego Comic-Con announced Phase 5 and part of Phase 6. And it's crazy. So we got the new trailer for She-Hulk and Wakanda Forever. That's the end of Phase 4. Wakanda Forever in November. So <coughs> then we have Phase 5 was announced. Uh, Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania in February 2023. Then Secret Invasion, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Echo, Loki Season 2, The Marvels, Blade, Ironheart, Agatha, Coven of Chaos, Daredevil Born Again, Captain America, New World Order, and Thunderbolts. Uh, so some of these we knew, but we did not necessarily know where they're all lining up, and that this is Phase 5. Um, okay, let's hear. Alright, so Phase 6, all that it has announced is that it starts, it says it starts, with Fantastic Four. Uh, however... There's a spot for a Disney Plus show in there before Fantastic Four, it looks like. And then we have Avengers The Kang Dynasty in May 2025 and Avengers Secret Wars November 2025. But Kevin Feige announced there are eight spots in that Phase 6 schedule, and that will be announced at D23, the Disney Expo, in September. So we got eight mystery spots here that could be Disney Plus shows or movies, Plus, however, Phase 4 ends, Phase 3 setting up, or sorry, Phase 5 setting up, and then to Phase 6. So we know we're ending with Secret Wars, and that this whole thing is the multiverse saga. Okay. But, how are we making sense of everything else happening here? Because that's tough. Um, I have guesses for certain things. I also noticed that the um, the uh, Halloween special is not listed on here because alright, the Halloween special that's supposed to be this year I do think is going to be Werewolf by Night and I do think Moon Knight shows up in there. Moon Knight and Werewolf by Night are there and then we have Echo, we have Daredevil, we have Blade I do think one of the missing things in Phase 6 is going to be Midnight Suns. I think that will be uh, a corner there and a storyline they'll come in. Um, that is my best guess for that. Uh, I think Thunderbolts is going to be Dark Avengers, pretty much, but just Thunderbolts is a cooler name. I think that's where we're going to see uh, U.S. Agent, Yelena, Black Widow. Um, I think Abomination will be in there. Um, I'm trying to guess some of the other analogies, like who do you have as an Iron Man, but Iron Heart will be taking place beforehand, because um, I could see introducing like a, a Crimson Dynamo or something like that. Um, but I, I think Thunderbolts is going to be, you know, our anti-Avengers, but all of them will be kind of like our core six team. Uh, I could see Hercules in there as the Thor analog. So I think a lot. Of, I think Thunderbolts will be our six from the first Avengers movie, but, you know, the alternate versions of it, and something big happens at the end that they have to end up being heroes anyways. Uh, Cap New World Order, very curious about. The fact that Cap is right before Thunderbolts makes me wonder if those two are tied in a bit. Um, maybe Cap falls and the Thunderbolts, that's their opening to uh, pretend to be heroes here. Um, and then Secret Wars, which Secret Wars are we doing? Are we doing the 80s one or are we doing the modern one? I think we're doing the modern one because it's multiverse. And I think Fantastic Four starting it up is how we get there. Now, part of me really does think that we get a Doom end credit thing in Wakanda Forever. I think that's our Doom debut. And we'll start building for him in the background for things. 
Um, and then I could see that leading into Secret Invasion for sure, Quantumania with Kang being in there, Captain America for sure, Fantastic Four of course. I think Kang Dynasty is going to really play off of all of the versions of Kang. I think we're going to go ahead and start going nuts there because in the comics we have Kang and Immortus and Ramatut and Franklin Richards, and the one who lasts, one who survives, whatever. Like, because Kang dips in and out of time so much, he's created alternate versions of himself, and they all kind of exist at the same time, and they're all different people, but the same person. And some of them are in charge, and some of them have done things to change timelines. I think all of our different versions of Kang, that's what the Avengers are trying to stop, is our Kang... Our versions of Kang controlling the universe, the Earth, the whatever. And in this split of all the different Kangs, that's where we're getting our different realities. So I think Doom is going to be sort of background for a while. I think the end of Kang Dynasty is going to be Doom popping up, deciding he's the one to bring order to everything he'll fuse all the universes together into one planet, their secret wars, and we'll get the more modern secret wars, where we have, like, you know, the cops on this planet are all Thors. We have, you know, multiple versions of people, and that's where we're going to get a reset for Phase 7 slash whatever the next thing is, and we could have a younger Iron Man if we wanted, or we could just have Miles Morales come in, to this universe from another universe. Um, we get the X-Men in here fully. You know, whatever it might be that we're going past 2025. Um, but there's other things that I'm not quite sure, like how's Agatha fit into this? How's Marvel's fit into this? You know, what? who would Captain America even be fighting? There's a lot of details here, I'm not sure. Secret Invasion, are we bringing people back in Secret Invasion, too? Like, yeah, everyone wants certain Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. people back, and I think that'd be a good way to bring them in. But do you address Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at all? Probably not, the way it's looking right now. Um, do you have Daredevil fight in the Avengers? Like, it doesn't really make sense. But if they're all, everyone who lives on this planet is all drawn in together into one battle, then you're kind of stuck with it. Now, I think the explanation here, and the person that we need to go back maybe and pay a little more attention to, is Wong. Much like Nick Fury was our through line for phase one, two, three, and he'll show up here eventually. But I think Wong is our through line for this multiverse saga. So we saw him in Shang-Chi. We saw him in multiverse, obviously. Um, he has his connections. Um, he's going to be in She-Hulk. We saw that in the trailer. He's met Black Panther. He's met Thor. He's met Spider-Man. We got him in there. Um... Wong, he knows who, you know, he's battled Wanda. Um, he's met the Avengers. Wong should know who the Eternals are as Sorcerer Supreme and being there. As Sorcerer Supreme, he probably knows what's going on with Kang as well. Um, Secret Invasion, that would make sense if he knows what's going on with something else. Because when in Thor Ragnarok, Doctor Strange says that, uh, Steve, yeah, Doctor Strange says that he needs to know of anything coming from another planet, another realm, another reality to Earth and monitor them because that's why he brings Thor in to figure out why he's there. I kind of think Wong is our through line and you even have the um, uh, what movie was it in? Was it in Shang-Chi? Where we no, it wasn't Shang-Chi. Where we have our ghostly images of um, Bruce, Captain Marvel, uh, someone else there. I'm wondering if that's like our our versions of an Illuminati forming and just getting started. 
so I kind of think that it turns out in these meetings and in these battles and in these preparations, Wong knows what's coming and Wong's the one getting all of these people together. So multiverse story is kind of Wong's story of getting an Avengers team together. So all these things that don't seem connected can seem a bit more connected through him. You could have him at the level with Guardians and Thor, but you could also have him down with Daredevil and Moon Knight, and all points in between. And I think in a way he knows what's coming here, through seeing through time, seeing through whatever. He knows what's coming, and he's getting pieces ready, and he's getting stuff on the board, and he's introducing people, or becoming familiar with them. He's making the small stops, the small things now, so that the change can be ready later on. Wong is the butterfly effect of the multiverse saga of Phase 4, 5, and 6. And I think a lot of his stuff is going to make a lot more sense. And he also knows more than he's letting on, much like Nick Fury did. Um, and I'm very curious. I think... I think for this next phase, for the eight ones they're missing, I do think Midnight Suns is in there. Um, is there a fall? There's a spot for fall. There's... We could have a movie in between Kang and Secret Wars. Because there's two spots there, so it's probably not two Disney Plus shows. I think there's a spot for two for something in between there. You know, maybe like Captain Marvel, where we had Infinity War. Um, we had the tease for Captain Marvel with the uh, beeper, and then we had her movie, so we went back to know her story and then jumped forward again. I think that could be a good one. So I think we could see a movie in, like, July 2025 that kind of explains things in between Kang and Secret Wars. Um, there's got to be new Spider-Man in here, too, I would think. But, I do, but like, how do you start a new Spider-Man saga in all of this, too? But do you wait until 2026 to have a new Spider-Man? Like, I don't see us waiting four more years for that, though. Um, there was supposed to be an Armor War show in here, which I don't see, but then again, it could be added later on. That has happened. We could see something, like, wedged into Phase 5 there, maybe, as another show. Um, I'm shocked that there's not a Nova movie, so I do think that's coming. I could see it after Guardians. I could see Nova being a needed character in this Avengers arc later on. Um, and that's a big character that they've had in cartoons and merchandise and other things, which is usually how they test the waters. They get the kids familiar with them. Um, we've seen it happen before for some of these characters to, you know, put them in the shows, make them a little familiar, and then, you know, they get bigger. Um, and where's X-Men or the mutants or whatever they call them? Like, clearly we need that on the board here somewhere. Now, I could see, as part of Secret Wars, that's how we get, you know, that the X-Men existed in this universe, but not in our, the MCU we're familiar with, post-Secret Wars, when everything goes, quote, back to normal, um, certain things end up on our MCU planet that weren't there before, and I think the X-Men would be one of those. And I honestly think that <clears throat> phase seven, eight, nine. it would not shock me if that's Avengers versus X-Men for like the whole phase introduce uh, any character you need tell the stories you need to to get them on the board introduce some tension and then blow it all up at the end that would not shock me at all so those are my theories and ideas I've talked for an hour which is probably as much as I got in me right now with the COVID in me as well. Thank you all for sticking with me. Like I said, right, uh, right now I think there's a good chance I'm just out for this week as well, uh, while I'm still showing symptoms, and I honestly may as well do it. 
Uh, so next week we'll talk about SummerSlam, um, whatever more has happened in the changing of WWE, however far I am on Stranger Things, and I have a ton of comic stuff that I took out of work uh, before I was sick, and then a bunch of stuff at home that I'm like, oh, this is probably a good enough time to get through it. And so I'm going to try to start making dents in those as well. Um, and then whatever else life brings. Uh, I watched a movie last night. I watched Scooby-Doo Happy Halloween, or Happy Halloween Scooby-Doo. Not sure the order there. But it's uh, Scooby-Doo meets Elvira. <laughs> so it's silly. It's over the top. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, it's a little tech heavy in a way. But then there's stuff in there that I don't know if it's references I don't know if it's within the movie reference, you know, hour and a half, whatever it was, or if these direct-to-DVD Scooby-Doo movies have been telling one long story and I was not aware of it. And this, uh, it's pretty much Scooby-Doo meets Elvira, this Happy Halloween one. It came out in 2020. Uh, I'm very, very curious if I have been missing a Scooby-Doo CU cinematic universe thing happening. Uh, I'm very curious about it, but we will see, and maybe if I find out more, I'll get you caught up on that next week as well. So, thank you so much for sticking with me, for being here for all of this. I hope I made some points. I hope we got some stuff to talk about. I look forward to hearing from all of you, and hopefully I can be here next week as well.